I'm Megan Mokri, and today you'll hear my story on San Francisco people. Hey everyone, this is Frank Garza, and welcome to San Francisco People. I hope everybody had a happy holidays. I actually recorded this episode um, right before Christmas, so you might hear a few references to that during the show. Um, my guest today is Megan Mokri, and the way I met Megan was through my friend Ben Purvis. Um, ben is a good friend of mine and also a co-worker, and uh, he's currently trying to get his MBA right now from the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. And um, so all of his classmates, you know, he's surrounded by all of these people that um, want to start up a business one day. And um, some of them have said, you know, I'm not going to wait until I get my MBA to start this business. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start one up now because I have, I have a good idea. And one of those people is Megan Mokri. And Megan and her husband, Lee, they recently, recently launched a company called 180 Eats. And um, 180 Eats is trying to reinvent the weeknight meal in the suburbs. And that suburb right now is Marin County, which is right across the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, for those of you that aren't from the Bay Area. And the way it works is um, if you live in Marin, um, you can get onto their website, 180eats.com, and uh, you can look at their menu. Uh, they have several different choices for the evening, and they, they post their meal or their meals um, like seven days in advance. And so you look it over, um, you pick out what you want and the quantity, and uh, you order it right there on the website. You choose a delivery window um, of when it'll come to your house, and then um, it shows up during that delivery window. You have to reheat it um, in the oven, and then boom, it's ready to go. You have dinner for that night. And uh, so the business is going really well, and um, you're gonna enjoy hearing Megan's story, um, but you're also going to enjoy, we're going to do a live tasting of one of 180 Eats delivered meals, you know? So, um, we're keeping up with the theme of last episode, uh, with Pete Passars, where we did a blind, blind wine tasting with him. This one is, isn't going to be blind, but basically I didn't know anything about this meal. Um, Megan showed up, um, when we did the episode with the meal, we heated it up in my oven and then I dig into it right here live on the show. And I give my honest feedback about it. I'm going to keep it real. You know, if it's bad, I'm going to tell her it's bad. If it's delicious, I'm going to tell her it's delicious and maybe even uh, order another one. We'll see. So um, you can look forward to that, um, that live tasting that we're going to do on the show. And then you're really going to enjoy hearing Megan's story as well. You know, a lot of us have different projects out there, things we want to work on. And, you know, we make a lot of excuses as to why we can't do it. Well, here, listen to what's going on with Megan right now. Um, she has a nine-month-old daughter, um, and they started 180 Eats a few months after her daughter was born. You know, as I said, in the evenings, um, and then I think some on the weekends, she's pursuing her MBA at the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. And then she still has her day job at this company called Ghostry. So she's being successful with this business despite all that other stuff going on. Um, it kind of, kind of makes me want to say, you know, hey, I can't make any excuses for anything that I'm not doing right now. So you're going to enjoy the story. Let's go talk to Megan.
when did you start getting the, I guess the bug, the bug. to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> um, it, I think, you know, it started when I was at Yahoo, quite honestly, in, in thinking back about this, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, a blog called, I will teach you to be rich by, no. it's by this guy named Ramit Sethi. And, um, he really introduced me to the idea of making money on the side. And so I started freelancing and dabbling in, in side projects. Um, and, and that interest kind of grew over time. Uh, I was introduced to uh, Tim Ferriss and all of his his oh, work, wow. That's cool. and uh, not personally. I just oh, followed okay. his blog oh, okay, and everything. Okay. No, um, <laughs> but that 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 kind of stoked the fire of what kind of life do I want and what do I want to create in the world? And um, what type of side projects were you doing? Was it blogs and things of that nature? Or? It was anything and everything. There was. Um, I worked with this app developer to help do their blog outreach and their marketing strategy. I ended up doing a lot of work for, this is kind of funny, um, I was on Craigslist looking for you know, freelance projects and I saw a post from a used auto dealership in Canada looking for someone to help them with their website, their, their SEO, their AdWords, their social media stuff. And um, they had posted it in the Bay Area because they know, you know, the Bay Area is this hotbed for mm-hmm. for people experienced in that area. So I ended up working with him for like a year, no, almost two years, actually, just helping him with, you know, with that stuff that I consider second nature. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the whole freelance stuff is what really stoked the fire. And then I started thinking about, you know, bigger, bigger um bigger businesses that are more productized mm-hmm. as opposed to service oriented. Cause there's only so many hours in the day. Right. Yeah. So then what's the first big, bigger project yeah. you stepped into? So my, um, my husband and I ended up in an interesting scenario where we were supposed to move to London and we rented our house out and then the visa took nine months to get. So we were, um, we didn't have a home. So we ended up moving in with my in-laws and that afforded us quite a bit of free time because we were up in the mountains of Los Gatos. Okay. Um, and we started a. Uh, were neither of you working? We were at both the time? working. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was just in the evenings and weekends. It was a passion of ours. I've always been into design, and, and um, uh, Lee's father is an incredible woodworker. So we built a lot of our own furniture. And when we uh, got our house, we were out looking for just unique, unique furnishings to put in it because, you know, you've got Ikea, you've got Pottery Barn, you've got all the usual suspects and we wanted, we wanted, um, items that had more of a story to them. So there, we didn't really find anything online. So we just set out to start it and we created a marketplace for handcrafted modern design essentially. And that is really where we learned, uh, we learned about building a business. That's really where we got our taste of the Mm e-commerce side of things. And, um, it was always a side project. It never made that much money. I mean, it was right. Were you just going out and finding local designers and then like advertising their stuff on your site? Yeah, it was, uh, they were from all over the U S. Okay. Yeah. It was, I mean, we found them through Instagram. Um, we got, you know, inbound inquiries. We, Facebook, we found a lot on Etsy. 
and that's how we acquired them. And it was just a flawed business model from the start though. Unfortunately, right. we learned the hard way, but it was, um, you know, we were talking earlier about as you start these businesses, you just, you acquire so much knowledge and you're not sure how that knowledge is going to be useful down the road, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. When you try these interesting projects, the learnings you acquire are always really helpful at some point down the road. Okay. Now when you said, you know, um, cut modern mm-hmm. had a flawed business model and you, yeah. you learned so much um, from that experience. I mean, what was flawed about it? What did you, what yeah. was the biggest learning you took away from it? The economics were flawed. Um, with, so the way we approached it and we were total novices was um, the classic model for furniture is that um, whoever's selling the furniture, typically it has a 50% markup. So they've got a decent amount of margins to work with to pay for marketing and fulfillment and everything else that comes with running the business. And the designers that we worked with were very small. Some of them so small that this wasn't their primary job. It was, you know, a side project for them. And so we, um, there's no way they could allow for a 50% markup. So we we just took 20% of any sale. It was basically like a 20, 20% um, revenue share. And, um, and when, unless you're selling a lot of volume, it's just, it's not it's not gonna be a viable business. So in order to get all those eyeballs, you have to invest quite a bit on the marketing front and we just didn't have the dollars or or the desire to to go that route. So then what ended up happening? Is it still out there? It has a happy ending. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, Ironically enough, I was at a um, trade show for my day job at Ghostery and I ran into um, the founder of a company called Two Modern. He happens to live in Mill Valley. Mm. And so we met for coffee a few times and um, I you know, I expressed the fact that I uh, was very interested in, in finding a, a place for my designers with under the Two Modern umbrella and it, and it worked out so that uh, Cut Modern merged completely with Two Modern and sailed into the sunset. Awesome. Yeah. And so it's still it going a, strong right now and people could go out there and people can go to two, like. go to two modern.com and yeah, you can see they've, they've got everything from very like well-known high end designers to the more, um, niche handcrafted, um, items that, that cut modern had. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how about 180 eats? 180 uh, eats. That's where you are right now. Yes. Can you talk about that? what that business is? Sure. And how you came up with the idea for it for the first time? Sure. So 180 Eats is we are trying to reinvent the weeknight dinner in the suburbs. Um, I'll tell you the story of how it, how it kind of all came to be. So earlier this year, uh, my husband and I were going through a kitchen remodel where we were living downstairs in a single bedroom with no kitchen for three months. And uh, we had to eat out every single night. And that's really when it became quite apparent, the lack of options that people have if you want to take out that's healthy and really tastes good. Um, in Mill Valley, which is where I live, is uh, you've got about 10 pizza places and mm-hmm. 10 burger joints and not much else when it comes to, to weeknight dinners. Yeah. And that was always really frustrating for us. Um, and, and how long ago was this? What time? That was right before my daughter was born. So that was January to March. We didn't have okay. a kitchen. All right. 
Um, and at the time, it was just a frustration at that point. We weren't setting out to resolve the issue or anything. Uh, we were just really annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. So then um, fast forward to three days before my daughter was born. I'm on the couch as big as a house, miserable. <laughs> and I get a phone call from Lee, who's at who's at work. And he, um, something's, I can tell something's off. And he's saying, I was, I was just laid off. Oh. And that both, I mean, my heart sank. Um, what was he doing? What was his job? He was in uh, corporate communications at Visa. Okay. And uh, it, it ended up being a complete blessing. And I don't say that lightly. It really was because Isla was born. We both really got to enjoy the, the three months I had off. And Lee had a really nice runway to think about what did he want to do? And, you know, the first, the first month I'd say of, of Isla, um, Isla's life, we started talking quite a bit about what, what we wanted the future to look like and started, you know, batting back and forth ideas. And, um, and that's really where 180 came from. It was on, we were somewhat crazy and we decided to take our six week old baby on a RV tour <laughs> up the west coast and over to yellowstone uh which worked out really well because babies sleep a lot right uh but it was on that road trip that we really decided that this is something we're going to move forward with what were the other ideas that you had nothing of consequence yeah. okay. nothing that i've never really felt this way about because you have a gazillion ideas you know over the the course of your life but very few stick and this really really stuck because i've always known I wanted to start my comp- a company, but never had that idea that I could really, you know, really get behind and feel passionate about. Yeah. And 180 Eats is, is definitely that idea. Do you remember, so you, you, know, you guys are constantly brainstorming back and forth. Yeah. I mean, do you remember the moment that you first talked about it or it popped into your head? I don't remember the precise moment. Um, I don't remember that precise moment, but I, I remember it just clicked. Yeah. And you knew. We knew. Right yeah. Away, yeah. Yeah. And neither of us have any experience in food, but, um, you know, different pieces of our past are now coming together in a really interesting way where those skill sets are really being used. Like starting Cut Modern, it's an e-commerce company. 180 Eats, you do all your ordering online. So having that background has been really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was in, I guess, in end of May, we really knew we were going to march forward with this idea. And so um, that's when we really got to looking at, we knew we had the, the pain point, but we had to really validate the fact that it's not just us, that, the, that there's other customers that will, right. that have this pain as well. And so we surveyed our neighbors. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Nextdoor. It's basically, no. it's a... It's a social network for your neighborhood. So it connects everybody that you live live near. Um, and we reached out through that medium to basically tell people that we we're thinking about this new dinner concept. We'd love to get your thoughts. And that's when I mean, we got 150 responses. And it was overwhelmingly clear that people were not happy with their weeknight dinner choices in Mill Valley. Um, and having grown up in Novato and been familiar with the other areas of Marin, I knew 
that this was probably going to be the case in other cities too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we continued that, that, um, you know, the customer interviews, meeting people for coffee, really getting a sense of what people wanted to see. And then come, I guess it was July, we entered the, the unknown of finding a chef. <laughs> okay. We're not from food, like I said. And so uh, we were total fish out of water, but we, um, we ended up with a bunch of really strong candidates and we kind of whittled them down to those that we wanted to do tastings with and we did tastings a little bit differently it wasn't just us we actually had the chefs prepare a meal as though it would be um as though it would be delivered to a customer so under those same conditions and we had i think there were about 10 families that for every day that week we had a different chef cooking for them and we got you were delivering it to their to their homes yep exactly and so we got immediate feedback from them on 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 the chefs um and and jefferson sevilla is now our executive chef at 180 eats he is uh he is a force to be reckoned with he's a talented guy um do you remember the meal that he cooked that uh yes. got him the victory what oh was yeah it? it's it's still on the menu it's um it's um seared chicken thighs with an apple yam hash and like a lemon caper sauce on it Okay. Delicious. That sounds good. <laughs> it is. And so tell me a little bit more about the chef and, and his background. So Jefferson, um, he has a really interesting background. He he actually, um, in college, he was on, on a path to uh, uh, go to medical school. And he, you know, it's that classic story of my passion is really with food. And he did a 180 and um, went to culinary school. He was, for six years, he was the executive sous chef at Google San Francisco. And um, then he joined Spoon Rocket for a few months and um, has since joined us since he believes so much in, in our vision of healthy and delicious weeknight dinners. Great. Yeah. So now you have, okay, you have the idea. You're getting yes. feedback from customers. You have a chef now. Yep. Now what? Now what? So we hacked together our uh, site, um, which was, uh, uh, and I I think in the course of a month, we were live. We moved very quickly because there was really not much stopping us. You know, you can, perfection is the, what's the the phrase? It's the enemy of the, what's the phrase? I I, I don't know. There's some phrase. (laughs) I'm terrible at those things. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll look that up and put yeah, it on the show notes. It's perfect. Okay. I'm sure it's great. Good. Good. It is. It's perfect for right now. Um, but I think so I know we, where you're going with yeah, it. Yeah, we, we just needed to get something out the door and yeah. get feedback. And um, so we got the site up. We created the menu. We brought in a photographer and, and shot the dishes. And, and we launched. Because by that time, we had all kinds of people had been reaching out to us and providing their emails saying that they were interested in this. Um, and I, and that was uh it was the right move because yeah. it it got us out there you you can only plan so much you when you see the operations in action and the customer patterns and whatnot that's what allows you to refine you really can't plan all for all of that before right. you launch exactly so do you remember 
day one? I mean, yes. your first night of launching and like when your first order came in? Yeah. Like oh, it, yeah, totally. T- tell me about that. So we, I distinctly remember, um, we launched on a Wednesday night. So it was for that forthcoming Monday when we would do deliveries. And we, we, it's just so naive. You know, you expect the orders to pour in and no one ordered that night. Not one person. Not one oh, person. That's heartbreaking. Oh my god, it was so heartbreaking. But then the next day we got a few orders, and you know, it it, it takes a while, you know, for the the wheels to start moving. Yeah. Um. And I am very much a person that wants to see results like immediately. Yeah. Can't grow fast enough. But but since then we've done. It's been tremendous. It's been um you know growing. We've gotten incredible customer feedback. Yeah. Uh, and we keep iterating and improving the product. Yeah. So you said it was the next night that you got your first customer? It was the next, first the next day we got the, the next first day order. Got your first think, order. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the like who, who that was or like how like <laughs> It was one of our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, I'm ready to I'm ready to taste this. Let's do it. It looks delicious. Can you uh So I'm going to go ahead and uh yes. you know, it's perfect time. It's like lunch. It, it's it, like it, one o'clock. Can this you is tell one me of my favorite dishes. Yes, okay. absolutely. So it's it's a uh, vegetarian lasagna. Okay, I'm gonna dig in. Definitely do it. So there's some eggplant in there. There's some summer squash, um, mozzarella, parmesan, and then this incredible almond pesto that Jefferson makes. And okay. then you've got some broccoli to round it out. So your mouth's full. Mm-hmm. This is like the. I'm trying not to smack my waiting with, too much with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's delicious. It's delicious. First bite's delicious, and um, I'll say the presentation yeah. looks great as well. Good. Like the broccoli looks extremely fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell it's high quality. It's like big, plump, green broccoli. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really good so far. Can you... Now, oh. one of the things I'm curious about sure. is the evolution of... you know, I, that, I know it's one of the things you kind of talk about this business being is it's like a you want to bring like local, mm-hmm. local food, local produce, local products onto people's tables. Yeah. Can you talk about the evolution of this meal a bit? Like, sure. where did it start, you know, from the people you got the products from all the way to how did it get on my table? Yeah. So I've, I've always been, um, passionate about food in the sense that I care where where my ingredients come from. I grew up with, my parents were big gardeners. We had a massive garden up in Novato. And um, and when it comes to, I'm a big animal lover as well. Mm-hmm. So knowing where, how these animals are raised and where they come from always been very important to me. Um, I actually wanted to, people always, you know, you always get that question, what would you, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I always thought I would open a sanctuary for farm animals mm-hmm. and it this sounds ironic but with 180 eats now i get to really impact the types of ingredients and meats that are served to uh, all of our customers which is such a bigger impact than you know just rescuing um a few animals which i still hope to do at some point mm-hmm. but in terms of so yes everything is sourced within a day's drive of marin um, we're so fortunate to live in an area that is, it's truly a, a breadbasket of incredible ingredients. And, um, on the, so with our meats, we, 
100% are humanely raised. So we work with like our pork we get from Rancho Yanoseco in Chico. We only use grass-fed beef, which comes from Humboldt grass-fed beef, which is kind of an amalgamation of small farms. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our poultry comes from Petaluma poultry and um, everything else is, is locally sourced. Right. Yeah. How'd you form these partnerships with these folks? A lot of research, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of phone calls and talking with people to make sure they, they share your same values um, and, and vision and, you know, understanding what their practices are, for instance, with raising how they raise their hogs. Mm-hmm. Everything's cooked in San Rafael at okay. our commercial kitchen. And... Um, the feedback from customers has been tremendous. So, so going back to our concept, we're reinventing the weeknight meal. Um, every night is a different set of options. Mm-hmm. And so on a, on a typical night, you've got a meat entree, you've got a vegetarian one, you've got a kid's option, and then either some really delicious dessert or, um, or a side dish. Mm-hmm. And that changes every night. And that, that allows us to keep things fresh because then you can eat with us. You know, we have customers that eat with us every single day. Um, but it also allows us to uh, really change with the seasons and use what's what's um, what's producing right now, as opposed to shipping something from South America or mm-hmm. New Zealand or somewhere from across the globe. And um, yeah, we've been growing quite a bit, so over twenty percent a week. Uh, I was just looking at our numbers; we've served over three thousand meals. Wow, that's uh, exciting! Yeah, it's been really fun. It's yeah. been really fun. Well, it's delicious. Good. Thumbs up. I, I love it. Two thumbs up. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I've experimented with some of these food delivery mm-hmm. um, you know, companies in, in San Francisco, like Sprig. I've yeah. used them a lot. So I'm, I'm, I definitely am a believer mm-hmm. in the value that this business brings. Thank you. I mean, you. it is so convenient to, I mean, some people may say lazy, right? But I mean, it's just like my time is so valuable now, especially during the week. Right. That um, some, it's nice to be able to like just hit a text or hit a button on my phone. And then like 15 minutes later, this like fresh meal shows up. And so exactly. this is, well, this and is it's, it's less wasteful. Cause what, what happens with all it happened to me is you can go through the planning and have done all the grocery shopping and have your menu set out for the entire week. But then you get home from work and it's six thirty or seven. And the last thing you want to do is cook. Um, you know, you end up with leftovers or ingredients that aren't used fully. And, uh, so this is actually, it's a less wasteful solution. Right. Um, it's completely affordable. All of our entrees are 1095, delivery's free. Um, so it's it's really, that's why we call it 180 Eats. It's a, it's a total 180 to the approach of, of a weeknight dinner. Right. Well, I thought it was great. It was very fresh. Uh-huh. Um, does not taste, I mean, lasagna, a lot of times I think when I would go buy lasagna, it tastes like somewhat processed maybe. This right. just seems like a very healthy, fresh lasagna. I've loved it. Good. So it's delicious. And then I've been on your website looking at the menu. Uh-huh. And uh, you can look seven days ahead, you know, like you said, yeah. and like see all these pictures of all these meals coming out. Yeah. And I, like that made me hungry. <laughs> that made me wish like you guys delivered in San Francisco, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's great. So tell me about the the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Is it just Jeffrey, 
by himself preparing all these meals or is there a whole team in there whipping the stuff together? What's that scene like? Yeah, it's uh, so our it's a large commercial kitchen and Jefferson is at the helm of the ship and we've got. I mean, you'll find on any given day, you'll find Lee or I in the kitchen helping out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really depends on our order, order volume. You know, I'd say it's between three and six or seven people in the kitchen. It, it, it completely depends. Mm-hmm. We're growing. We're growing every month and adding new te- new people to the team every month, whether it be, you know, adding a lot of delivery drivers. Yeah, because that's right now we're just live with deliveries. Yeah. Um, next year, we'll start opening our first retail locations. Uh, and that's really when we we hit the gas pedal. So how does the delivery? Okay, so now the meals are prepared. Mm-hmm. How does your delivery system work? It's managed chaos. Managed chaos. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um you know growing up in Marin helps quite a bit because you have um there's all kinds of nooks and crannies in Marin. It's it's a special place, but it's it has its own challenge with deliveries. But we how it works is we have three delivery windows. So there's um. 4.30 to 5.30, 5.30 to 6.30, or 6.30 to 7.30. And um, on any given night, you know, I'd say four to seven delivery drivers out on the road. And, um, yeah, everything's kind of planned out in advance. So they leave they leave the kitchen, they've got their app, and they're kind of hitting deliveries through that three-hour window. Right. Yeah. And so people, um, when they bring it up on their phone, wherever... Yeah. Uh, they see two choices each night. Two Is to four. Good? Two to four different yeah. choices. Okay, so they click on the one they want. Yep. Choose that one of those three time frames mm-hmm. that you said, and then boom, how, and then it just comes to them. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. So, how many people? Like, how big is your team now? Would oh, you say? That's a good question. I think we're at nine or oh, ten. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And so uh, it sounds like it's going well. You said you're seeing like 20% growth a week. You've had how many thousand customers, did you say? No, so we've served we've served over 3,000 meals and we've served about 350 people. Okay. Yeah. So we, on a given night, what's what's like your average number of meals you'll deliver on a given night? We're at about 100. About 100. That's right pretty now. good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's been it's been fun. I mean, it's been fun for sure. Yeah. It's uh, I uh, I officially leave Ghostry at the end of January, and that's when you really that's when I jump off the cliff and hopefully I'll fly. Right. <laughs> so you talked a little bit already about your plans for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess developing these like grab and go like sites. I mean, can you talk about just that a little bit more and how you see this business expanding? Sure. Yeah. So, like I said, we're really focusing on the suburbs because we see uh, a major need a major need for healthy and delicious options there there's just uh, a lack of options that fit the bill there as well as the you know leveraging technology in a smart way so the we're live with deliveries now and that's great for people who plan a little bit of ahead uh, for dinner because our, our cutoff is at 4:30 mm-hmm. but um, there's a large swath of people that, you, know, you just get caught up in your day and drive, driving home at six or seven at night and you still need dinner. And that's really where our retail locations come into play mm-hmm. is they'll be along key commuter corridors in Marin um, that allow for the really convenient pulling off, spending a minute checking out and then leaving. Or for those people that want to order in advance, it's literally just showing up at the counter, grabbing their meal and leaving. Right. Yeah. 
Do you have any plans to expand into other parts of the Bay Area, like San Francisco yeah. or other communities? We're not looking at San Francisco now because there's a there's it's just it's a the on-demand delivery market is really hot here and and I love it. I'm I'm whenever I'm in the city, I use it as well. Um, but we're focusing on the suburbs with this blended delivery and retail model. Yeah. Yeah. Is but there, yes, to answer your question, yes, we'll we'll expand throughout the Bay Area and then start looking at other um, other urban areas. Okay. Is there um, any other companies doing this? Like, is there much competition in Marin right now, or do you guys? There's a few. So you're probably familiar with Muntry, um, very well-funded company, um, and they and we were customers. But the challenge we had was that their order cutoff time was. At the time, it was 3 p.m. Now it's 2 p.m. So mm. unless you really plan ahead and you've put your order in, you're um, you're kind of out of luck for that night. And there's a really interesting statistic that by 4 p.m., 81% of people have no idea what they're having for dinner that night. So dinner can oftentimes I be a, a very last-minute decision. And, and that's really that need that we want to meet in the yeah. suburbs. Oh, I definitely buy that. Yeah. Oh, I find like my, I'm, I'm still drive home in that from same work bucket. or like after I'm coming back from the gym or whatever. Right. And I decide right there. Exactly. Huh. And you have the, the fortune of being in the city where there's all kinds of options around right. you. When you're in the suburbs, it's, it's much more limited. So I've enjoyed hearing your journey mm-hmm. up to this point. And there's been lots of different ideas, different things you've tried. I'm sure it sounds like lots of different bumps along the way as well. Uh, what would be... I guess some key pieces of advice you'd give to other entrepreneurs out there that are getting ready to start a business oh, man. or wanting to start a business. Yeah. I would say you're always going to have that bug. Um, just figure out how do you take your first step and how do you do it in a low risk way? So mm-hmm. you're not sure the idea is going to take hold. How can you test it? How can you talk to customers and get feedback? What's the the lowest investment that you can make to see whether or not it works? But but don't ignore the bug because it'll it'll always be there. At least that's been my experience. Right. Yeah. So um, you live in Mill Valley. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Um, what do you love about living in Mill Valley in Marin? It is. Um, it's the perfect mix of being very close to San Francisco. So 10, 15 minutes I can be in the city. Um, but then out my back door are miles of hiking trails. Um, Marin is fantastic if you love the outdoors. Because mm-hmm. you have you know, Golden Gate National, Rec- Nec- National Recreation Area. You've got Muir Beach, Stinson Beach, Tamales Bay, Point Reyes. Just this endless list of places to explore um but then you've got san francisco in your backyard as well mm-hmm. what's some of your favorite hikes that, there, you, that you do you know there's one um that i do most days actually with my dog uh because out our back door there there's a bunch of hiking trails and it's called oakwood trail and it it goes up this gully and then up onto a ridge line that looks out to the city and sausalito and over to tiburon and then loops back to my house. It's a nice one hour loop, mm-hmm. but, um, an easy one. If you've got a stroller, cause now that I've got a little girl, um, there's a, at the end of Tennessee Valley road in mill Valley, there is a trail that goes out to the beach, which is a nice one. 
if you're um stroller bound yeah which beach is that <laughs> it's uh i think it's called tennessee valley beach oh, okay yeah it's and it's super convenient from the city because it's yeah from here maybe a 15 minute drive yeah 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 I, I i love marin and when i think about being outdoors yeah that's what i think about is like going over to marin yeah and like i bike over there a lot where do you go um, where's your favorite spots you know biking wise there's this loop i like where I, you pretty much ride from here out to uh like the mirror woods park entrance mm-hmm. and then you go like ride down to mirror beach and then back up highway one mm-hmm. um, oh nice and back in the city and it's like a 35 mile loop takes about three hours it's like perfect for a nice afternoon yeah um but i've done a lot out there um the the alpine dam um ride is one of the best ones i've ever done really uh, yeah there's know, just so many nooks and crannies another yeah. good hike is phoenix lake phoenix which lake, is i've never done that it's one tucked back in ross it's just a really nice like 45 minute loop yeah. okay um what's some of your favorite uh, like restaurants, bars, cafes, that sort of thing. So I would say for for coffee, uh, it's my neighborhood jaunt. So Equator Coffee at, at the Proof Lab Surf Shop okay. right there in Tam Junction is a good spot. And then brunch, I'm a big brunch person. Sweetwater Music Hall. Mm, I've never been there. I highly recommend it. And on uh i don't know if it's saturdays or sundays they do live music outside it's a really great spot really good venue for music as well hmm. and then yeah, i didn't um, realize they did they did brunch and did live music during brunch i, I yeah. thought it was just uh like night night place that's really cool. good food yeah yeah particularly for brunch okay. uh, the huevos rancheros whew, they're really <laughs> good i get it every time um and then uh for dinner i would say molina I'm a big fan of. It's a new place in downtown Mill Valley. They cook everything under uh, over an open flame. Oh wow! Um, really, really creative menu and okay. I haven't delicious heard, I haven't heard of that place. So yeah. it opened up pretty recently. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how long ago. Maybe six months. Okay. Maybe less. I'll have I don't to check know. That out. Delicious though. Really good. Um, and then if you just want to grab a beer after a hike, Beer Works is good. Yeah, I, I of, love that place. Yeah. That place is really good for like food too. Yeah, it is. It's just a really cool place. Yeah, got a good little vibe in there. I like, do you like El Paseo? Oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite restaurants that's, in Mill that's Valley a good for one sure. Too. Yeah. And then I think my favorite restaurant in Marin is Pico. Oh yeah, Larkspur. Pico in Larkspur. Mm-hmm. I love that place. Yeah, that is good. And then um, I went to uh, like in Larkspur Landing, they have some good spots as yes, well. Yes, so there I, are. I, El I work Campo's really close very there. good. I haven't been there delicious but i went to uh farm, farm shop, shop? Yeah. yeah that place was amazing yeah really good. i couldn't believe how big it was in there yeah it's gorgeous too isn't yeah it, it, it really done is a really nice job I, with and it. i just went for lunch and the lunch was phenomenal i can't imagine what the dinner is like yeah so that marin country mart is uh if you had seen it i mean even less than 10 years ago but totally different they've done a really nice job with it right brought some life into that spot well, what about san francisco because i know you lived um you said in the marina I lived in the marina for quite yeah. a while, right? And then we did it when we were displaced from my house. We did a six-month stint in uh, South Beach as well, down by the ballpark. Okay. What's some of your favorite spots in the city? Um, nothing gets me like you know grabbing a coffee and doing the walk along Chrissy Field and Marina Greens. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we take our dog out there and our daughter, and that's actually where Lee proposed to me. So it's special. Oh, nice. But in terms of restaurants, brunch, again, like I said, I'm a big, big brunch person. Plow in Potrero, okay. very good. Um, I have not been there. It It's 
probably you usually have a wait they mm-hmm. don't take reservations but it's good and then nopa is a, oh, a good brunch spot that's too. my favorite yeah i think nopa is my favorite restaurant in the city is it and i love it there so i'm going there my parents are coming in town for the holidays oh, and nice. I think we're going there tuesday night for dinner oh nice i'm pumped yeah it, it it's pretty good right <laughs> um and then terrazzo in your neck of the woods yeah i like that place too it's just a reliable good like weeknight spot yeah yeah i I enjoy that as well yeah all right well i always ask everybody um that if they had to move away from the bay area Uh um how would you spend like so how would you spend your last day in the bay area if you had to move away for some reason that's such a hard question definitely on a hike so I think, you know, I'd stick close to home. You know, maybe do brunch at Sweetwater and then do a hike up Mount Tam. And then um, where would I do dinner? That's the hard question. <laughs> yeah, choosing right? your last meal. Yeah, that's <laughs> so big. Um, I don't know where I'd do my last dinner. Oh, that'd be so hard. So this is kind of funny. The House of Prime Rib, mm-hmm. I kind of grew up going there. It's a special place for my family. So I think maybe because it's so special, I'd do the grand finale dinner there. Have an, a nice like piece it. of prime rib. You know, it goes to show you how um, big of foodies we all are here. Oh, my God. Because I when know. I ask everybody about their last day, I think everybody's day, it ends with a dinner right. somewhere. And then I've had people give me like, that was their whole day. Like where they went for <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> yeah. where they go for lunch and where they go for dinner. Yeah. And it's just like, that's how much we love our food here in San Francisco. There's just so m- I mean, I still have a laundry list of places I'd like to go. I, uh, yeah, I know me too. We're so fortunate. I feel like I eat out all the time. Yeah. And even after six years, there are some really well-known places that are on my list that I haven't even been yeah. to yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Megan. Thank you. Speaking of food, I have a little bit, a uh, little lunch nice. left right here. I'm going to, I'm going to finish this it. up. I don't, I don't want to leave this behind. That's for sure. It's too delicious. So there you have it. That's the show. Uh, what was my biggest takeaway from my conversation with Megan? You know, Megan didn't just come up with 180 Eats um, by doing nothing. You know, she wasn't sitting around, you know, one day thinking, geez, I want to do something different. Um, And then, boom, she had this great idea for 180 Eats. And then, you know, her her and her husband, Lee, just went and acted upon it. No, she got the idea by all of the small steps and taking action um, over the course of, you know, many years. You know, all the side projects she did, Um, all the research she did on becoming an entrepreneur, you know, and things you could do to uh, start bringing in some more income. Um, It was with those steps and those actions that she started to build the skills that were necessary so that when the idea did come for 180 Eats, uh, she could act upon it. And so I really appreciated that. It reminded me a lot. It took me back to episode two, the interview we did with Heather McGough. Um, She was a person that was the same way. Um, just always took action in her life. And so I really appreciate that about Megan as well. And then my other key takeaway was that lasagna I had. That was delicious. It was, it was absolutely amazing. And I, and I wish I could get it in San Francisco. In fact, I'm even tempted to, on my drive home from work, stop in Marin, pull up, a, find a parking lot somewhere, 
and uh, order a meal and have it delivered to me right there in the parking lot. Um, it was really good. So if you live in Marin, you should definitely go to their website, www.180eats.com, and order a meal and try it out. And uh, thanks to everybody again for listening to the show. Um, you can check out the show notes on uh, my website, www.sfpeoplepodcast.com. Um, from there, you can hear uh, more about Megan's story, more about 180 Eats. Um, you can get a recap of all of the favorite places we talked about in Mill Valley, Marin, and San Francisco. And you can get links. Um, you can get links to the 180 Eats website. You can get links to all of those hikes we talked about and the restaurants we talked about and uh, all of Megan's favorite places to get brunch. So don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SF People Podcast. And um, you can email me if you have any feedback about the show or a guest for a future show. Um, my email address is frank at sfpeoplepodcast.com. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, hey, you know, Frank, you're starting up this podcast. Is there anything you can do to help? Well, just by listening, you're giving me help enough. But if you really want to do something more, the best thing you can do is get onto iTunes and leave a rating and review. Um, that'll really help, help get the show out to more people. So I appreciate that if you guys want to do that. We'll be back in a few weeks. I'm Frank Garza for San Francisco People. Mm-hmm.